Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and live from the 4th and Inches holiday party, it's the 4th and Inches show with Jenna and the Sherpa. And the (laughs) the big topic of conversation at the holiday party so far, Jenna, has been the your Dallas Cowboys and, and Tony uh, Romo and Dak Prescott and uh, what would you do? Is now the time to hit the hit panic mode and hit the eject button on no, Dak or you no. stick with them in hopes that uh, they'll write the ship this week? They'll write the ship. Everything will be okay. Um, I I don't necessarily think it's good for a rookie's development if the first not even it wasn't really a bad game, but the first less than stellar game he has we start all of a sudden talking about replacing him like come on give the kid a little bit of room I mean if every time Tony Romo put up a stinker and we talked about replacing him he would have lost his job years ago like this is ridiculous yeah but and keep in mind too that the Cowboys were up against the best defense in the NFL last weekend so it's understandable they would have struggled Uh, that would that would be my 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 beloved Giants, of course, who I picked against last week. But uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm still not. I don't know what's going on with their offense there, but uh, smoking neither do they. That's the fun of it. Defense. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I figured losing JPP, they'd be down for the count, but uh, their well, offense answered the call against Cowboys. And this week they've got the Lions on tap with. Uh, an injured Matthew Stafford and weather to be pretty nasty. So uh, we'll, we'll see if they can tame the Lions this weekend, but uh should make for an interesting game. So while um, sure I'm babbling on about the Giants, why don't you tell people how they can uh, join in the mirth and merriment of our holiday party here? <laughs> well, we will be here uh, for an hour until 10 p.m. Eastern time, as we are every Wednesday night. Virtual eggnog can... for everyone. <laughs> Yeah, consistency is the name of the game here at the 4th and Inches show. Uh, but we'll be breaking down all the Week 15 matchups, giving you predictions, scores, your start sits, waiver wire pickups, daily fantasy picks, all that good stuff. Um, and, of course, arguing about the Cowboys and the Giants along the way. But if you want to have your voice heard, there are a number of ways to do that. You can find us all over social media at Fantasy underscore Sherpa on Twitter, as well as JKIM16, at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page on Facebook and FantasyFootballSherpa.com. We're there all week long, so if you have lineup-specific questions, you just want to vent, uh, your team got knocked out of the playoffs, you're still hanging on, you're you're desperately stashing Adrian Peterson until he's healthy, you know, feel free, we're around, we're happy to talk sports, but... In the meantime, uh, we've got a, a nice full slate of games, including a Saturday game this week. So, you know, big things happening here. Yeah, that that should be uh, an exciting game. Well, maybe not, but uh, we'll get to that The Matt Moore-Bryce petty rivalry <laughs> begins. <laughs> it is a pretty petty rivalry, but uh, more <laughs> on that in a minute. So, um, yeah, that's. I have to admit I was wrong about a number of things last week. I, I don't think either one of us had a stellar week picking games. It wasn't, but, it wasn't uh, you great. In particular, you mm. in particular were uh, on my case, and rightfully so, as it turned out, about recommending against Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams last week, and uh, you, you turned yeah, out to be right. but I was decidedly on, on the wrong side of a lot of things, including RG3 and the Browns. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> well... I don't know. Well, we'll get more into that. I, I still don't think they're winning until 
I still think their last best shot at winning a game is against San Diego at home next week, but um, we'll, we'll see about we'll that. See. So why don't we dive right in? As you mentioned, we've got a Thursday night and a Saturday night game this week. So the first up, the Thursday night early. game, the Los Angeles uh, Fisherless Rams up against the Seattle Seahawks, and I don't know if they fired Jeff Fisher because they thought he didn't like cold weather or he wasn't comfortable Maybe. with the idea of the 12th man or what the deal was, but um, it's, it's a little surprising they can't admit this point. I mean, you hear the rumors about John Gruden and or reaching right. down and into like, the college why, ranks. If you have a Thursday night game, maybe just wait till after, like fire him Friday. I mean, it's not like you thought you had a big shot at winning this game anyway. I don't understand why you'd fire your coach on a short week if you're going to do it. Like, realistically, was one more week of Jeff Fisher really going to hurt you that much? Probably not. Not well, any more than he already had. Hand, if it is a short week, then they only have to answer questions about him for three days. And if Fair they enough. manage to put up a respectable performance on Thursday night, then people Which they will won't. be talking about that. Uh, we'll see. I, I tend to agree with you. But um, I, I see this as being a very low-scoring game. I don't think either offense is going to thrive much against the opposing defense. I think Seattle will be able to run the ball a little bit against the Rams, and that's going to be the difference here, that and the fact that they have 12 men on the field all the time. But I'm going to go with Seattle to win this pretty easily, doubling up on Los Angeles. I'll say final score, Seahawks 20, Rams 10 in the first of what I think is going to be a very low-scoring week. Ooh, you're actually picking a low-scoring week. That very rarely happens. Um, I I agree with you. Combination I don't of think weather that, and injuries and all sorts of stuff. That's true. I do love this time of year. I love watching football in the snow, but we'll get to that. Um, the Rams this week, I just I don't see any realistic way they're going to win this game, uh, short of maybe Seattle letting the fans play instead of their team. I think Seattle wins this handily, 31-13. I don't think this is really competitive. Uh, Todd Gurley, it's not, it's not a great matchup for him. It's certainly not one for Jared Goff. And it just with a coaching change and the carousel that's going on, and, you know, when your running back says your team looks like a middle school football team, that's usually not a good thing either. There's <laughs> just too much work against them. part of the week. problem. Yeah, yeah. So things, you know, maybe next year we'll get a reboot. Who knows? John Gruden could be there. It, it could be a whole new feel, but – this is kind of a lost season for them at this point. I'm not sure why John Gruden would want to give up the gig he has now to subject himself to the stress of coaching a bad football well, you're team. Well, trying, you're trying to apply logic and common sense to John Gruden, and we all know that's not something that works when you're trying to predict his movements. It just Who knows what he's going to do? It, it depends on what he wakes up feeling like from one day to the next, it seems like. Perhaps. So on to the aforementioned Saturday night game. We've got Miami traveling to the Jets. Weather is supposed to be a factor in this one, too. Cold, potentially snow or rainy. And you know, between the backup quarterbacks and the, you know, the lack of passing game on either side, I see this as another low-scoring game. I think the difference here is going to be the Jets' running game, and I think that's going to be the one – Thing that'll push them over the top, even though Dolphins are eight and five and still fighting for the playoff lives. I think the Jets will throw a wrench in their plans. I'll go with the final score here of uh, Jets seventeen, Dolphins ten. 
it's not necessarily uh, a marquee game. I think if the NFL could have flexed somebody else into this, they probably would have. Um, but I think Miami can can squeeze one out here, 21-17. I just think they're a little bit more of a complete team. Um, and I, I like my chances with Matt Moore better than I do with Bryce Petty. Uh, just I don't think this is going to be a particularly pretty game. But, you know, it'll still be football on a Saturday night, and we're all going to watch it anyway. Pretty and petty are only one letter apart. Yes, but it's a very important letter. <laughs> R, R, R. Okay. <laughs> Up next, we've got Green Bay at Chicago Sunday, an old NFC North rivalry that, uh, again, figures to be affected by weather or at least cold. And um, Green Bay, they've they've surprised me. I thought they were done a few weeks ago, but that doesn't seem to be the case. Aaron Rodgers, as we'll get to in a minute, is a bit of a concern with his his calf injury. But you know, just right. put up the magic tent, and all will be right with the world. And yeah. I think they'll win this one fairly easily. Low, albeit a low scoring game. I'll go with the final: Packers twenty-one, Bears thirteen. I mean, I, I see the game going fairly similar, a little higher scoring, I think. Uh, I've got Green Bay 27, Chicago 17. Uh, Green Bay, despite it looks like possibly not having a run game again this week, uh, I think they're going to be fine. Chicago doesn't seem to want to put up much of a fight these days. Um, and and I don't Alshon Jeffrey being... coming back, though. Alshon Jeffrey is coming back. Unfortunately, there's no one else healthy around him. Um, so it makes it a little tougher. But I think Aaron Rodgers and his calf will be just fine in Chicago this week. Okay. So how about um, the Sunday game, Tennessee at Kansas City? And I am so this, excited for this gonna... game, I can't even tell you. I'm so hyped. Yeah, again, cold weather could play a role here. And Tennessee figures to maybe have the advantage in terms of you know, being more, I think, a more – complete running team in Kansas City. Kansas City, surprisingly, Alex Smith showing signs of life this year and just doing enough. You know, Tyreek Hill has been a nice revelation as a rookie, both on special teams and in the receiving game. But uh, I'm actually going to hop on the bandwagon with you at least for a week, and I'll pick Kansas City to win this by a field goal. Kansas City 24, Tennessee 21. Okay. Uh, Like I said, there's plenty of room here. People are just starting to get involved, so we've got prime seating for you, Sherpa. Uh, I also am taking Kansas Kansas City to win this game. I'm taking them 24-23. This is going to be a real barn burner going right down to the final few minutes here. Kansas City is going to find a way, uh, despite the fact that I like overall, I like Tennessee's offense a little better, but at home with maybe a stronger defense despite having a couple of injuries last week, I think Kansas City is going to pull one out here stay atop the division, uh, and keep pace with Oakland. Spoiler alert, who's probably also going to win this week? Uh, I am not picking them, but we'll get to that later. So. <laughs> Spoiler Detroit alert, Sharp and I disagree on at, things. <laughs> what a surprise. Yeah, let's hold the presses. Not that there are <laughs> any presses anymore, but if there were, we could hold them. So next there up, we've go. got Detroit at the Giants, another game that, Figures to be affected by weather. Um, 
I don't know. It's hard to pick the Giants with their offense playing as uh, lackluster fashion as they, they are. They seem to but do better when you don't pick them, just for what that's worth. For what it's worth, but I'm just <laughs> I, I can't pick the Lions on the road with a banged up quarterback this week and yeah. a Giants defense that seems to be showing signs of life. So I'll pick the Giants to tame the Lions. I'll say Giants 20, Lions 17. I really want to pick the Lions, but it's just it's just tough to. Um, I don't necessarily think the Giants are world beaters here, but I think they are healthy enough to beat the Lions. Uh, Matt Stafford dealing with some injuries. Theo Riddick's banged up. Eric Ebron's banged up. Uh, Golden Tate's injured. It's just retired. there's just too many too many variables here. Being on the road doesn't help. I don't think this is the week for Detroit. And what's your score? Uh, I've got Detroit, or I'm sorry, the Giants, 27-21. Okay. Next up, we've got uh, Cleveland at Buffalo. I think the less said about this game, the better. I think both these teams, another weather-related game um, or affected game, I think both these teams are going to be spending majority of the game running the ball, which the only good thing about that is the game will be over quicker, so... Uh, I'll go with the final score of Buffalo 24, Cleveland 14, and Rex Ryan may not survive till next year, but I think at least he'll get uh, one more win in his uh, Bills tenure here. I don't know. Rex might make it. He seems to he, – he always finds a way to scam himself into another year of a job. But um, I'm taking Buffalo 30-20. to 20. Cleveland, I, you know, I, I was pretty hyped last week. Tempering my expectations this week, I think it's a bit of a long shot uh, for them to go into Buffalo and win. Uh, but you know, maybe down the road, I'm just I'm a little nervous. We're running out of daylight here for them to get a win. How do you figure they're going to score 20 points? I I don't see anything in their offense right now that leads me to believe they're capable. I think Terrell Pryor is going to bounce points. back this week. I mean, he, there were, we were working out the kinks a little bit last week with RG3. Uh, I think Pryor's going to play a big role here. I think I I think that realistically they could score 20 points. Granted, I'm apparently okay, still right. very much the only one on the Cleveland bandwagon, even when I'm picking them to lose. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, picking them to lose by not as much as everyone else hardly constitutes yeah. being on a bandwagon. But um, I'm like bandwagon well. adjacent, I guess. I'm looking at it as it's yeah. kind of rolling by. Like more like a scooter than a bandwagon, I think. But yeah, you might be right. All right. Next up, we've got uh, India at Minnesota. Finally, a game that will not be affected by weather so much. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it's, um, it's going to be cold. <laughs> like really? Yeah, cold. it'll be cold. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But uh, and they don't play in a dorm in a, a dorm or a dome anymore. But, don't um, play in a dorm. <laughs> that is not going to have a good. Don't play in a dorm. That's newsflash. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess it could still be pretty cold up there. Um, Indianapolis. I I just I don't get this team. You know, no running game. Andrew Luck looks great one week and terrible the next week. Minnesota's defense is probably a little bit better than I've been giving them credit for, and I think this is one of the few weeks where Sam Bradford might actually be able to do some damage with the passing game. Adrian Peterson, I, 
He's not supposed to be back, is he? Or are they going to play him with a limited Well, he's practicing this week. He's definitely going to play next week, but he hasn't ruled out playing this week. He says, supposedly, if he feels good and his knee feels all right, he might play this week. It's going to be like a game-time decision if he does, but it's not out of the question. All right, well, I'm going to pick Minnesota anyway. I just, I'm not sure that I would start anybody in their backfield, but I'll go with the final score here of uh, Minnesota 24, Indy 17. I've got Minnesota winning 20 to 14. Uh, A lot of injuries in Indianapolis, plus they're just not that good. Uh, Going on the road to Minnesota, whose defense is pretty solid. I don't necessarily think Sam Bradford's going to play a huge role in this. Uh, It might just be the Minnesota defense, which is fine, because I think they're going to win regardless. Uh, I hope Adrian Peterson comes back and just plays a few plays, but realistically, I don't think I want any part of any of this backfield uh, when it comes to my fantasy lineup. No. No. Uh, Next up, we've got Philadelphia Baltimore, two teams going kind of in the same direction, and that's not a good thing. But Baltimore (laughs) at home, I think that they're slightly better on offense than Philly is, which isn't saying much, but I'll pick Baltimore to win this by a touchdown in another low-scoring game that could be affected by weather. I'll say Baltimore 20, Philly 13. I'm taking Baltimore 23-17 over the Eagles. Um, The Eagles also dealing with a lot of injuries. Their run game was kind of the only thing that maybe was going to save them this week, and uh, the fact that two of the running backs probably aren't going to play isn't a great sign. Um, Baltimore, I think, has a, a much better matchup on their side of the ball here, just both offensively and defensively. And selfishly, uh, since I'm going to the Ravens game next week, I kind of want them to win going into it just because it's more interesting for me. So, so I'm taking Baltimore to win. Okay. <laughs> All right. So next up we've got Jacksonville at Houston. Uh, just. Both of these offenses have been pretty pathetic. Houston at least has a somewhat decent run game and a decent run defense, so I'm going to reluctantly pick them to win this. Houston 21, Jacksonville 14. If you had to pick one game to watch in its entirety between the Jacksonville-Houston game, Cleveland-Buffalo, or Miami and the Jets, which would you go with? I could probably think about that for the rest of the show and not give you a real good answer, but I'll say Miami and the Jets just because I am a New York area person originally. And also I just think when you've got to go Cleveland-Buffalo, but I also like the Miami and the Jets game. Moral of the story is I really don't. Miami still has some playoff hopes. I just really don't want to watch this game. (laughs) I love the Jaguars. But this game makes me real sad on paper. I hope maybe it's better, um, you know, in real life, but I don't have high hopes here. I'm taking Houston, which pains me to do. I'm taking them 20-14 to 14 over Jacksonville, who uh, just looks terrible. They're not playing for anything. At least Houston is trying to play for the division and the playoffs. And despite the fact that both teams are pretty riddled with injuries and having effective quarterbacks, I, I just somebody has to win. I think it's going to be Houston. All right, now we have um, two more teams headed in the opposite direction, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Um, Pittsburgh, I think, should be able to run the ball pretty well against Cincinnati. Cincinnati should be able to pass the ball pretty well. 
at home, cold weather, but Pittsburgh is also a cold weather team. I'm, I think Pittsburgh is just a, a slightly better team at this point in the season. So I'm going to pick them to win. I'll say Pittsburgh 27, Cincinnati 21. I'm thinking Pittsburgh 21-20 in a very close game in Cincinnati, uh, despite not having a healthy A.J. Green. Big Ben still a little banged up out in the cold. Maybe isn't the best matchup ever, um, but I'm going to take Pittsburgh by, by a hair here. Okay. New Orleans at Arizona. Arizona, their playoff hopes. I think we can both agree that they're not going to win the Super Bowl, even though we both did pick them before the season started. Would you finally <sighs> agree to that? I, Five, yeah, seven, and I one. Guess. I don't like okay. it, but yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All right, but they are at home this week against the Saints, and I think they can win this game, and I think they will win this game. Um, even without Michael Floyd, who, as you probably have heard or read, was, was cut today after his DUI arrest the other day. Yeah. I, I think Arizona has enough in their passing game to win this game pretty easily. I'll go with the final score. Arizona 24, New Orleans 14. I've got Arizona winning this 31-24. I think this is going to be a higher-scoring game. Uh, and New Orleans' defense doesn't seem inclined to stop a lot of people. Arizona and David Johnson just are on a roll right now. Uh, so I think that this game probably is going to be your best bet fantasy-wise for a lot of reasons, but uh, Arizona is going to take this pretty handily. I think I actually prefer the Monday night game in the Oakland-San Diego in terms of maybe even Dallas-Tampa Bay in terms of potential <sighs> for a high-scoring game. But um, you'll see. New Orleans, it's weird. they began the season looking like they couldn't play defense at all, and now in recent weeks their defense has actually not been the problem. Their problem has been not being able to score many points the last few weeks, so we'll see. Mm -hmm. But um, another team you might want to consider this week in terms of fantasy value is Atlanta. They're hosting the the San Francisco 49ers, who, as you may have heard, are are only slightly better than Cleveland in the one-loss department. But... um, (laughs) Atlanta, even with Julio Jones missing or banged up, I I still think they win this game pretty easily between Devontae Freeman and uh, resurgent Tevin Coleman. I think they have enough in the run game to overcome whatever damage, and I use that term loosely, that San Francisco might be able to do uh, with their passing game. I'll pick Atlanta to win this easily in the blowout of the week. Atlanta 28, San Francisco 10. If you need a defense this week, Atlanta's not a bad choice. If you need in anything this week, Atlanta is not a bad choice. Um, I've got Atlanta winning this 30-17. I think that Carlos Hyde will do a little bit of damage for San Francisco, accounting for some of those points there. He's about the only person I like on that team this week. But Atlanta, and realistically at this point, you can start anybody that's playing against Cleveland or San Francisco in your daily or weekly fantasy uh, picks and be all right. And that holds pretty true again this week, I'd say. Okay. We've got New England at Denver. Past seasons, this would have been a marquee game. This mm-hmm. year, not so much. Denver starting I'm to I'm sure they'll play a lot of Peyton Manning commercials during this game, though. I'm sure they will. <laughs> but in spite of that, I don't think that's going to help Denver much. I think New England will do most of their damage here on the ground rather than through the air. 
um, I still think they have enough to win this game pretty handily. I'll say New England 24, Denver 14. Yeah, last week you were saying don't start Tom Brady. This is probably the week you could get away with sitting Tom Brady and be fine. I've got New England winning 24-17. I agree with you. I think it's going to be uh, the little Garrett Blunt show and whoever, you know, Bill Belichick decides to sign off the street like today and start it running back since that's what he loves to do to us. Um, but I just, despite Denver's defense being stout and very good and then being at home, I just don't see a way that they're going to be able to overcome New England's offense that whole game because the defense is going to be on the field far too much for them to be able to really truly make a huge difference here. Okay, next we have the game that I think is going to be one of the more high-scoring games of the week, and that's Oakland at San Diego. Oakland, can they bounce back from the disappointing loss at yeah. At uh, Kansas City last Thursday <laughs> night, is, is Derek Carr healthy? Does it matter? I say no, um, no and no, and I'll go with San Diego to win this in a mild upset. I'll take San Diego 27, Oakland 24. I have the same score, just reversed. I've got Oakland 27, San Diego 24. Uh, I think despite the fact that Derek Carr is back on the injury report this week where he wasn't last week, uh, and – Last week was not a stellar showing for them. Um, I think Derek Carr and these Raiders are going to bounce back, and I think they're going to have just enough to overcome San Diego at home. Okay. So next up we've got a game near and dear to your heart, and that's Tampa Bay traveling on the road to Dallas. Um, Yep. This looks to be one of the better matchups of the week. I was disappointed in Jameis Winston last week. I thought he was going to we both had do high a lot hopes better for him than last he... week and didn't work out. No, it didn't. And um, simultaneously being attacked by the cat and uh, the holiday party here. But um, it's a real struggle. I'll go with <laughs> it is the cat doesn't want to be part of the holiday party and there's a piano going in whole nine yards. But, uh, Decidedly not a Cowboys fan either. <laughs> and he's not a piano player either, although he sometimes <laughs> likes to walk across the piano. But um, but anyway, I'll pick uh, Dallas to right the ship here, or right the horse, if you will, get back on the horse, if that's a better analogy. I'll pick, um, I say that the Dallas run game trumps the Tampa passing game, so I'll go with a final score, Dallas 27, Tampa 24. I've got a little lower scoring. I've got Dallas also winning by a field goal, but I've got it 23-20. Uh, I just am a little concerned about all of the noise this week in the media. The Cowboys love, love to just shoot themselves in the foot by making things a bigger deal than they are, but we talked about that at the top of the show. Uh, I think that they'll be able to squeeze a win out here. Tampa Bay, you know, they're going to hang. They'll be surprising, and I think it's got to be the run game. It's got to be Ezekiel Elliott that's going to be the difference maker here. Okay, and then uh, finally, the the game that I think is going to provide the most points, fantasy wise and uh, real life wise, this weekend, and that's the Monday night game with Carolina on the road at Washington. Again, potentially affected by weather, but uh, Carolina should be able to move the ball, run or pass Washington. I don't think they're going to have uh, too much luck with Rob Kelly running the ball against Carolina's defense but Kirk Cousins could put up a monster game passing. But I'll go with uh, Carolina in a mild upset here. I'll say Carolina 31, Washington 28. 
Ooh, okay. I'm taking Washington 27-21. I don't think it's going to be quite as high scoring as you do. Um, I I just think between the weather and being in prime time where maybe they aren't quite as used to it, I'm looking at you, Washington. Uh, I just I think that it won't be as high scoring as I think Atlanta and uh, – or I'm sorry, Arizona and New Orleans will be. Uh, but I think Kirk Cousins is a difference maker. I think he gets the job done here. And uh, Washington's going to, despite only winning by a touchdown, I think they're going to look more in control throughout the game. So speaking of Kirk Cousins, this is a little off topic here, but where do you think he winds up next year? And do you buy this idea that he's going to be in line for this huge contract after his performance this year? Whew. Um, I don't know if he's going to be in line for as huge of a contract as maybe he would like to be, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if somebody like the Jets take a run at him, um, maybe Chicago, places like that, Minnesota even. Um, I just, I'm not totally sold on him yet. I'm interested to see what he might look like in a real offense because this Washington offense is just a lot of moving parts all the time. So I'd like to see what he does with some consistency because I'm not I'm not sold on him being an elite quarterback just yet. I don't know about elite, but I think he's definitely in that second tier below the you know you know Tom Brady and Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers and Andrew Luck at this point. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I mean, would you rather have a Ryan Tannehill or a Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins. See, I'd rather run Tannehill. I'm not as sold on Kirk Cousins yet. Oh, I I don't know. <laughs> I'm just at least Kirk Cousins has a couple years now where he's shown the ability to throw the ball and win games and Ryan Tannehill and still waiting. I attribute most of their success this year to their, their run game and uh <laughs> their defense. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess that would be the real test if he switched teams and had a new offensive system to learn and new personnel. You know, Washington uh, might not overwhelm people, but they do have a bunch of decent receivers there. And, you know, Jordan mm-hmm. Cameron, when healthy, is certainly a capable tight end. Vernon Davis has stepped in nicely this year. So I could see that, you know, the run game has taken some of the pressure off him. But I I don't think it's, it's all the supporting cast. I think he definitely had some talent, you know, but I'm just, Oh, I think he has talent. I just don't know if I'm ready to go all in on him as my starting quarterback yet. Well, say a team like the Cowboys, you know, forget it for a minute because I know they're not going to do that. But if you put Mm -hmm. him in charge of that team this year, I think they would be just as good, if not better, than they have been with uh, Dak Prescott. What do you think? I agree with that, but I think that's more of a product of what would have been around him and Ezekiel Elliott and being behind that offensive line. Okay. All right. Yeah. I guess we'll find out. Um, I I think you could have put Sam Bradford Washington is going in, to behind the Cowboys' him. offensive line, and they still would have won the division. Yeah, well, that's tough to say because he's never really had a good offensive line in front of him, whether it was St. Louis or Philadelphia or now in Minnesota. So mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to, to judge him the same way with uh, David Carr when he was at uh, – you know, with Houston many years ago, you know, it's easy to say he wasn't a good quarterback, but you know, if you're getting you know, knocked down a dozen times a game, that, that certainly doesn't hard. Uh, help your longevity much. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Why don't we get on to the individual positions then and some of our recommendations at the positions. Let's start with uh, running backs. And What injuries do you have your eyes on this week? Well, we talked about Adrian Peterson possibly returning this week. Uh, we have a couple of guys who are going to try to play through some injuries. That's Matt Forte with that torn meniscus, who I know he had some issues with last week. But uh, it looks like he's going to hope he's hoping to play this week. He's going to be a game time decision, but he's planning to play as of now. Melvin Gordon dealing with hip and knee injuries. He was carted off the field. It looked pretty bad on Sunday, but he's. He's hoping he's going to play next week. It's unlikely we'll see him on the field this week, but he thinks he'll be good to go for week 16, which compared to how that looked, is kind of a miracle. Theo Riddick not practicing, dealing with a wrist injury. He's pretty questionable. That's probably going to go down to game time. Obviously, uh, last week was not his week. Uh, so keep an eye on that. Hopefully with some rest, he'll be able to play this week. James Starks is in the concussion protocol. He's not practicing. They're calling him questionable. It's really going to come down to what his practice is like on Friday if he's able to get cleared. Lamar Miller dealing with ankle and rib injuries. He's been limited to practice. He's questionable. He will play. He played last week. Uh, how effective he'll be, anybody's guess, but he'll be out there. Jamal Charles uh, has a realistic chance of playing this postseason, not before, though. So if you have him on your fantasy team hoping he'll come back early, just drop him, pick up somebody healthy. Mark Ingram dealing with toe and knee injuries. He didn't practice. He's questionable. That's probably going to go down to game time as well. I don't necessarily think it's a great start even if he does play, but teach their own. Shane Vereen dealing with a concussion. He was limited to practice. He looks like he's got a pretty good shot of playing this week because they're actually letting him practice. So keep an eye on that as well as Darren Sproles dealing with his own concussion. He's not practicing. He's uh, They're calling him questionable. I think he's a lot closer to doubtful. He almost got murdered on the field. It didn't look good. Uh, it doesn't look like he has a real strong chance of playing, but that's going to go down to the end of the week as well. And the Eagles put Wendell Smallwood uh, on injured reserve yesterday with a knee injury. So you're down to Ryan Matthews there. <laughs> so good luck. <laughs> mm-hmm. So in terms of the waiver wire this week, yeah, I'll only mention Bilal Powell because in the unlikely event he's still out on your uh, league's waiver wire. He's owned in more than half, but not too many, more than half uh, of fantasy leagues. But if he's out there, certainly he has a very good matchup this week against Miami's run defense. Uh, Kenneth for San Diego, mm-hmm. Oakland's run defense, nothing to write home about. Kenneth Dixon with Baltimore, uh, Mike Gillisley with Buffalo might get some work this week if uh, they end up blowing out Cleveland, as, as I suspect they will. Derrick Henry with Tennessee, and then if you really want to swing for the fences, roll the dice, uh, use the metaphor of your choice, uh, Adrian <laughs> Peterson's out there in a lot of leagues, too. So, Yeah, I, I know some guys that if he's going to be active this week are going to play him. It's it's crazy, but good luck. <laughs> well, it depends what your alternatives are. I mean, if it's yeah. between Adrian Peterson and Matt Forte, I'd probably go with Adrian Peterson, but I, I wouldn't feel yeah. real good about either of them. That's probably fair. Neither one of them are particularly Hopefully that healthy. would be for a flex spot, and I could start a wide receiver, a tight end there instead that has a good, better mm-hmm. matchup. Yeah. Um, how about uh, running backs we like this week? I think Le'Veon Bell's got to be at the top of that list, as, long, as well as Ezekiel Elliott, Devontae Freeman, and Ryan Matthews. 
like you mentioned, Tevin Coleman going to be a good flex option even this week. Uh, Carlos Hyde, LaShawn McCoy, Mike Gillisley as well. It could be a blowout. Could see some garbage time there. Plus, he seems to be a touchdown vulture the last few weeks, so exploit that where you can. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt, Latavius uh. Murray, Jonathan Stewart, all good options, I think. Even Isaiah Crowell, I doubt you're going to agree with me on that one. Um, and Kenneth Farrow, no, if I you're agree. looking for a replacement or a flex. No, I, yeah, I, not going to fight me on Isaiah um, Crowell. <laughs> No, I, I think, as I said when we were going over that game, I think that's largely going to be a, a run fest, which you know has the added benefit of making the game over more quickly. But mm-hmm. um, I, I guess DeMarco Murray and Derek Henry, I would add to that list. And, yeah, that's, that's about it. Lamar Miller, if he's healthy enough to play and... I think everybody else who was on my list you mentioned. So how about uh, mm-hmm. anybody you would be avoiding? Um, I'll throw Todd Gurley name out yeah. there. Uh, Definitely at the top of my list. <laughs> Jordan Howard. Um, Devontae and, Booker. Yeah, Devontae Booker. Yeah, hopefully you're not starting him. I'm, I mean, I'm not going to bench David Johnson because I think even though I don't think they're going to run much against New Orleans, I think he'll – be involved enough in the passing game that you still want him in yeah. your lineup. But, yeah, um, I'm not as sold on Latavius Murray this week. I think San Diego mm-hmm. might actually be able to shut down Oakland's uh, run game some. And as I mentioned before, I'm not a real big fan of, even though I've been a big fan of his most weeks since he got the starting job, not a big fan of Rob Kelly this week against Carolina's run defense. So those are a few guys that I'm not too keen on this week. Yeah, I'm probably staying away from Rashad Jennings and Theo Riddick as well as Frank Gore. Oh, uh, just yeah, I wouldn't. Just not enough. Yeah, not enough there. I haven't helped you if you have to start any of those three guys in a playoff match. Hey, with all the injuries, man, desperate times. Just wait till we get to the wide yeah. receiver list. <laughs> yeah. So actually, speaking of wide receivers, why don't we get to that list then and. Uh, why don't you start us off with the injuries there? All right. Uh, Sammy Watkins, the usual not practicing on Wednesday, dealing with that foot injury. He's going to play this week. He'll be fine. It's a maintenance thing. J.J. Nelson, uh, he was limited to practice today with a knee injury. He, they're calling him questionable. It seems like he should be fine, but keep an eye on it. Mohamed Sanu dealing with a groin injury, also limited to practice today. It looks like he'll be good to go. Julio Jones, who didn't play last week with that turf toe, also didn't practice today. He's questionable. That's probably going to go right down to game time just like last week. So have a plan B, uh, especially since you're in your playoffs. Uh, So make sure you've got somebody else. Marquise Wilson with a groin injury. Eddie Royal with a toe injury. Both questionable. Both didn't play last Sunday. Um, Probably both don't need to be in your lineup this week, but there you go. Uh, Brandon LaFell dealing with a knee injury. He's been limited. He's questionable. That looks like he should be fine. Keep an eye on it. Randall Cobb limited at practice with his ankle injury. That's more of a maintenance thing. He'll be good to go. DeAndre Hopkins also limited, listed as questionable this week. He's going to be fine. He has to play if Houston wants any chance of winning this game. Dante Moncrief didn't practice today. He's resting his hamstring. He's questionable. He'll be fine. Stefan Diggs in the same boat with his knee injury, not practicing. More of a rest thing, but keep an eye on that one. Seems to flare up and be a little more touch and go. 
Danny Amendola not practicing with an ankle injury. He's questionable for this week. Probably not a great matchup for him anyway. Michael Thomas was limited with a foot injury. He'll be good to go come Sunday, barring a setback. Quincy Anumwa and Brandon Marshall both were limited at practice today and are listed as questionable. Both should play. Uh, he, Brandon Marshall's listed with knee, foot, and back injuries. So basically just a whole body thing. He's on the Deshaun Jackson injury plan, but he'll play this week. I don't know how effective he'll be, but he'll be out there. Jordan Matthews, questionable, limited practice. I put that more on Bryce Petty than on him. Yeah. I, if Brandon Marshall's on the field, I would be throwing to him, but Bryce Petty and I are apparently not on the same bandwagon. <laughs> Jordan Bobby Matthews Anderson is limited. Look like Brandon Marshall. <laughs> true. So true. <laughs> Uh, Matthews is limited at practice with his ankle injury. He's going to be fine for this week. Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree both popped up on the injury report. They called him limited. Cooper's got a shoulder injury. Michael Crabtree re-dislocated his finger on Sunday. They'll both be fine for this week. Torrey Smith is still in the concussion protocol. He's not practicing that one I would keep an eye on. And Alshon Jeffries back from suspension. Everybody get excited. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think too many people cut him while he was suspended. But no. I mean, in terms of people who you might be able to pick up for your uh, playoff push, um, Pierre Garcon still out there in a lot of leagues. Dontrell yeah. Inman, same thing, don't understand it. Adam Thielen with Minnesota. Brandon LaFell, you mentioned him, his injury. Um, somebody okay. to keep an eye on this week if he is healthy enough to play, uh, like the matchup against Pittsburgh's D. Ted Ginn Jr. with Carolina against Washington. Uh, Robbie Anderson with the Jets. Not so much because I think they're going to have a lot of uh, success passing against Miami, but for whatever reason, Bryce Petty seems to be locked in on him. Uh, Quentin Patton with San Francisco and uh, Jeremy Curley also uh, with San Francisco or other potential guys if um, Torrey Smith is out this week. Yeah, he's not practicing with that concussion, so it's a very real possibility. So keep an eye on that. Uh, a couple of really nice matchups for wideouts this week. Antonio Brown, kind of always at the top of the list. Des Bryant, Sammy Watkins. Uh, I'm ding on Terrell Pryor. Most of the world is not, but just take that with a grain of salt. Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams, I think, are both poised for big games. Taylor Gabriel, really uh, coming on strong here the last few weeks. Keep riding that hot hand. Tyreek Hill, uh, we've been a big proponent of his on the show the last few weeks, so you should already have him on your roster and you should be playing him. Alshon Jeffrey back from the dead or suspension, you know, whatever, but I'm absolutely going to put him in the lineup because, quite frankly, there's no one else to throw to. (laughs) He's got to get all the targets. Doug Baldwin, Steve Smith, uh, Dontrell Inman, all good options, I think, for me this week. What about you? Yeah, I agree about... um about uh, Tyreek Hill. Um, Minnesota, actually, you know, Stephon Diggs, if you know, he's healthy enough, I think this is one of those weeks where Sam Bradford, like I said, you know, Adam Thielen, you know, the Minnesota guys might put up some yardage. Um, Cincinnati, still like uh, Tyler Boyd, if he's um, you know, got a, I like his matchup against Pittsburgh and Arizona, Larry Fitzgerald, and um, I like his matchup. Um, yeah, those those are the main guys. You mentioned the Oakland guys being hurt, but if either um, 
Crabtree or Amari Cooper are healthy enough to play. I think those are good matchups. Dontrell and then you mentioned Tampa Bay. You mentioned you know, Mike Adams, uh, Carolina, Calvin Benjamin, and uh, Washington, Pierre Garcon, and uh, Jamison Crowder. Yeah, yeah. I have no problems with any of those. Okay. So let's move on to quarterbacks then and uh, injuries to some key people here. Uh, which ones are you paying the most attention to? Uh, well, Ryan Tannehill looked like his leg exploded this week. Turns out it's just a sprained ACL and MCL. Still not great, but better than the alternative. He is definitely not going to play this week. They're taking it kind of week by week. So have a plan B. That would be Matt Moore. Uh, Matt Stafford uh, is dealing with the injury to the middle finger of his throwing hand. He's going to wear a glove this week. He should play. His effectiveness is kind of up in the air. He's dealt with similar injuries before, and we've certainly seen a decline in his passer rating. So be prepared for that. Aaron Rodgers dealing with the right calf injury. He didn't practice today. He was focusing on rehabbing. They're listing him as questionable. He's going to play. It should be fine. Andrew Luck apparently has a sore right shoulder and elbow. He's going to play, but, you know, it's still – and Andrew Luck that's not 100% maybe isn't your favorite option this week. And Sam Bradford dealing with uh, some soreness in his right shoulder. He was limited to practice today. List is questionable. He should play this week. Again, maybe not your strongest option, but still healthy enough to be on the field. I think Andrew Luck probably got his injury chasing his cats around. <laughs> hey, it's a very real danger. <laughs> it is. Just between that and the scratches, you have to watch out. Uh, yeah. As far as the waiver wire goes, probably not a popular option, but Colin Kaepernick still available in a lot of leagues. And I do like, if he's ever going to have a big week throwing the ball, this is going to be it against Atlanta. You figure they are going to be playing from behind early and often, and um, he may not be able to hand it off to Carlos Hyde and run it himself indefinitely. Alex Smith of Kansas City, like his matchup this week. Sam Bradford, if he's healthy enough to make it on the field, like his matchup. Um, Bryce Petty, not real keen on, but again, depending on how desperate you are, and then uh, Matt Moore with Miami, and if you're really, 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 really desperate and um, don't think that um, or want to speculate on on Aaron Rodgers not being healthy, Brett Hundley is out there, but I think that would be more of a keep-away thing. Again, heaven help you if you actually need to start him in a playoff game. It's not a, a strong but as far as as guys whose matchups we like this week Matt Ryan is far and away at the top of my list Joe Flacco Marcus Mariota uh, despite me picking against them this week Kirk Cousins Aaron Rodgers even with that bad leg still going to start him this week Philip Rivers Drew Brees Tyrod Taylor I think they all have pretty strong matchups this week I'll throw Cam Newton on that list, um, Derek Carr, and Alex Smith's matchup I like, and I think you hit on Philip Rivers, and I think you hit just mm-hmm. about James Winston, and I keep saying, you know, I think you hit on all mine, and then I discover another one, uh, Andy Dalton, <laughs> and Carson Palmer, <laughs> those, are some, those are some guys I like this week. How about uh, guys that you would avoid, like the plague? 
besides Bryce Really Petty not loving and, uh, Matt Stafford that or Ben Roethlisberger this week. Dak Prescott, Andy Dalton, Blake Bortles. Uh, there's just better matchups out there for sure. I actually like Andy Dalton okay, but yeah. um agree if I look at other teams that I don't think are going to have much offense this week, you know, Jared Goff would be on that list. Hopefully you're not yeah. down starting him. Uh, as we mentioned before, Matt Moore, Bryce Petty, um, um, Eric Barkley, don't like him. You know, Matthew Stafford and Eli don't like their matchups this week. You know, RG3, cool. stay away. Andrew Luck, uh, don't like uh, Carson Wentz, don't like Blake Bortles. Um, Brock Osweiler, not this week, not any week. Don't actually like Drew Brees' matchup this week. And um, uh, Trevor Simeon, don't like his matchup. And that's, that's about my list, which is a pretty extensive list. And I would agree yeah, with you Yeah, there's a lot that. to not like in the quarterback world this week. Well, just like this past week, there was a lot of uh, low-scoring quarterbacks out there, and hopefully that didn't cost you a matchup. But if you happened to have a low-scoring quarterback last week and ended up playing against Matt Ryan or Tom Brady, you probably know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, you can get burned pretty quick there in the playoffs. All right. So let's onward and upward. Onward and upward with the tight ends. Um, who's who's on the injury watch list for you this week? Well, Charles Clay, ever present on the injury list. He's questionable with a knee injury. Looks like he should be fine, but again, keep an eye on it. Eric Ebron dealing with that knee injury was limited at practice. He's also listed as questionable. C.J. Federitz is dealing with a concussion. He didn't practice today. Uh, again, that's probably going to go down to Friday or Saturday, so keep a closer eye on that and have a nice backup plan. Dwayne Allen didn't practice with that hip injury. I don't like how that's looking so far, but again, keep an eye on it. Julius Thomas and Vance McDonald both were put on IR this week, and Martellus Bennett was limited at practice. He's dealing with ankle and shoulder injuries. He should be good to go this week, though. All right, and as far as waiver wire options at tight end. Uh, Jermaine Gresham with Arizona is somebody that's starting to get more involved in the offense as the season goes on. Um, Charles Clay, if he's healthy enough to start. And then now we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel here, but Clive Walford for Oakland, Hunter Henry with San Diego, Vernon Davis with Washington, and Richard Rogers with Green Bay. Again, hopefully you're not uh, that far into the tight end pool because it's pretty shallow. It's like it's like a tide pool. There's <laughs> not much of a pool there. Yeah. Um, as yeah. far as guys I like this I'll week, Charles Clay and Eric Ebron, as long as they're healthy enough to get on the field, I'm happy starting them. Same thing with Martellus Bennett. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, Delaney Walker, Greg Olson, Zach Ertz, Ladarius Green, who had kind of a rough week last week, I think will bounce back this week. Those are my top picks. All right, um, I'll put uh, Travis Kelsey on the list. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, Jermaine Gresham, as I mentioned, and Clive Walford, Antonio Gates, not a bad play. Um, Cameron Brait with Tampa Bay, Greg Olson, of course, and Jordan Cameron, if he's yeah, healthy enough to do some damage. Those are the guys whose matchups I like the best. 
Yeah, actually, the Cameron Bray matchup is not a bad one. The Cowboys like to give up points to tight ends, so feel free to exploit that. Um, right. How about the tight ends? Far I want to stay away from. Uh, Dwayne Allen, like I said, doesn't look like he's the healthiest guy in the world anyway. Same thing with C.J. Federitz. Jason Witten, Dennis Pitta, Kobe Fleener, Gary Barnage. Just the matchups are not good. The points aren't going to be there. There's certainly better options out there. Yeah, I'm not too sold on Zach Ertz either. I mean, I know they really don't have many other options in the passing game in Philadelphia right now, but I just, even if they just keep feeding him, I just don't, unless you're in a PPR league and or fine with him getting a bunch of two-yard games, I really don't see him. Yeah, he's not a yards-after-contact guy. He catches the ball where he's standing, and that's the end of the play. But what concerns me is likely not having Darren Sproles, who was kind of a threat out of the backfield for them. Uh, I think that Fionis has to fall on the tight end position. And I, I don't hate Trey Burt, Burton in a deeper league. You have to be in a pretty deep league because the Eagles aren't going to score that many points. But I think the tight end position has to get the targets. Whether or not they get utilized is kind of anybody's guess. Lance Kendricks is somebody else that I've recommended in a number of weeks in the past, but uh, not this week again. I just, if your whole team is, if I only think your whole team is going to score 10 points, I don't want any part of your offense that week. That's probably fair. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, anything you want to kickers that there's nothing really there to talk about? How about uh, defenses that you might um, Pretty be much eyeing the, this the week? Old, that... The old standby of Seattle, uh, I think Atlanta, Buffalo, Houston, all have pretty strong matchups this week. And Green Bay and Miami, if you're looking for uh, more readily available or, or value pick options in your daily fantasy leagues. I think are probably a little more second-tier options, but still strong ones. I agree with you with um, Atlanta and Green Bay, and surprisingly they are available in more than half of the fantasy football leagues. So if you're looking for a matchup play this weekend, I like them. The Giants at home against Detroit, Jets at home against Miami, and even Detroit on the road against the Giants. Those are all readily available defenses that I think have pretty favorable matchups this week. I would stay far, far away from the Eagles, the Bengals, the Chargers, Buccaneers, Bears. I don't want any part of those guys this week. I'll add the Redskins and the Panthers to that list. Um, Raiders, Chargers, 49ers, as you mentioned. Yeah, there's my list isn't as long as it is in most weeks just because I think this is going to be a pretty even a lower scoring week than than I thought last week would be but yeah there's just um yeah I don't think there's, there's going to be some a ton stand of out as, as ones you just don't want <laughs> yeah so why don't you take us through your DFS picks for this week all right it's uh playoff time which means Guys, we're going to get a little bit more out of guys this week. There's only one team that's clinched playoff berth, so everyone's still fighting for their life, which is good for your daily fantasy picks. Uh, As far as your stacks go this week, Buffalo and Atlanta are really no-brainers. They're the way to go. Uh, Obviously, their matchups are pretty favorable, and they're going to be higher-scoring games. Uh, As far as quarterbacks go, Tyrod Taylor, very high on my list, as is Joe Flacco. The value is right for both of them. 
uh, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, you're going to pay a little bit more, but you get what you pay for, and it's worth taking a, a little bit of a hit there. And if you're really looking for, you know, a way to shake it up, get something different in your lineup, maybe go Matt Moore. Uh, it's <laughs> not something I'm recommending no. real strongly. Um, but no. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think you could get away with it. I'm not saying put a lot of money on this, but it's an option. It's not the worst one out there. Uh, as far as running back it's go, pretty darn close. <laughs> I'm hey, I'm I am a, a believer in that more. Okay. If he comes he out and has a huge game, you heard it here first. If he's terrible, then you know this probably never happens. <laughs> yeah, um, as far as running backs go, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, obviously you're going to pay a pretty penny for him. It's worth it. Kansas City's defense is vulnerable to the run, especially after some of those injuries last week. DeMarco Murray, LaShawn McCoy, Devontae Freeman, Carlos Hyde, all big names, all big price tags, all totally worth it. Um, If you're looking for flex options and Mike Gillisley, Tevin Coleman, guys that are going to be a little lower in your price range that you can mix and match into your lineup better, those are not bad ways to go either. At wide receiver, Terrell Pryor, I think he's going to have a bounce-back week. Sammy Watkins, Jordy Nelson, both standbys that are going to get you those points you need. Tyreek Hill, Taylor Gabriel, very high on both of them, especially in Taylor Gabriel's price tag. Alshon Jeffries, priced a little lower, coming off that suspension. Take advantage of it now. And J.J. Nelson, as long as he plays with that knee injury, I think is a good pick as well. Tight end-wise, Ladarius Green going to bounce back. It's a good matchup for him. Charles Clay, always a good a good pick for me for Daily Fantasy. Martellus Bennett, Zach Ertz, uh, several of the names we talked about, all going to be pretty much the prices right for you there. And then as far as defenses go, we covered them. Atlanta, Buffalo, Houston, uh, Green Bay, even Detroit and Carolina. If you're looking to get you know, a cheaper option, like Sherpa talked about, it's going to be a lower scoring week. You can get away with it. It's maybe not the best play ever, but you might be able to sneak it in in the right lineup. So those are those are my daily fantasy picks this week. I'm all about the Buffalo and Atlanta stacks, though. You really can't go wrong with those. The only problem is everybody else in the world is going to be playing them too, so you might want to go with something different, like Matt Moore. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh. I think he's the second best starting quarterback in that game, much less in the That is, that is um, mean. That is rough. I think he's well, the best starting quarterback in that game. I got your back, Matt Ryan, Matt Moore. <laughs> but uh, that is uh, going to bring us uh, to the end of our, our uh, Week 15 edition. So we will be back next week. Uh, With all of your fantasy news and notes, we've got that playoff push coming, so there's going to be plenty to talk about. Uh, You can find us all over social media. Until next Wednesday, when we'll be back at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, as we are every week, you can find us on Twitter at Fantasy underscore Sherpa and JKIM16, on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page, and at FantasyFootballSherpa.com. Like I said, we're available all week long for all your lineup-specific questions, or if you just want to talk football or tell me I'm crazy because I like Matt Moore, that's okay, too. Uh, But (laughs) we're certainly around. So if you need anything, hit us up. Otherwise, good luck this week, unless, of course, you're playing me. It's playoff time, baby. Let's do this. I think Michael Moore might have a better week than Matt Moore. That is just terrible. Matt Moore, apparently you're only a friend of half of this show, but it's all right. 
that I apparently like you enough for both of us. <laughs> well, we can talk more about him next week. Oh, I see what you did there. I'm sure we will be talking about him and his great game in what will still probably be a low-scoring game, but his his nice performance we will talk about. Like I said, we'll be back next Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Thanks so much for listening, guys. <laughs>